0: to two-book minimum, because life's too short to read one book at a time, I'm Monica Fumarolo. I'm a mood reader, which explains why some books have been on my to-read list for literal decades, while others I jump into as soon as I get home from the library or bookstore. This episode is a prime example of that, and both of these books are united by a common theme, books. Okay, you might be thinking, duh, this is a book podcast that has been pretty clearly established. It's right there in the title, but both of these books are about books to varying degrees. And I've always thought that books about books or book people is a particularly challenging topic to nail. These two selections both hit the mark, particularly when it comes to the nostalgia that can come with books and the places that house them. There's a wonderful Stephen King quote stating, books are a uniquely portable magic and I think that's incredibly true. Words written hundreds of years ago, sometimes in different languages, have the power to form a community of readers across time and space, and libraries are the physical representation of that community, of that belonging, of the unfortunately unique status of being somewhere a person can go and get something, knowledge, imagination, a warm, dry place to wonder and explore, without having to pay or give something in return. These are facts and truths that I hope will still be accurate when tomorrow's babies grow up to be my age in a few decades. I'll be discussing the new novel The Wishing Game by Meg Schaefer, but first up is Public Library and Other Stories by Allie Smith. Short stories are a genre of writing that I don't think get enough credit. People write them off because of their length, The idea that creating something short cannot possibly be as challenging or powerful as a written work that is long, to which I say it's a different kind of challenging. It's comparing sprinters and marathoners. Don't believe me? There are literally hundreds of movies that have been based on short stories. The Adjustment Bureau, Breakfast at Tiffany's, The Shawshank Redemption, A Muppet Christmas Carol as someone who has long admired this form ali smith has been on my to read list for years and i finally got around to reading public library and other stories which was first published by hamish hamilton in 2015 and i picked it up from where else my public library each story in this collection somehow incorporates a book or books sometimes more obviously than others but they play an impact into how the characters interact with each other and the situations they find themselves in. Between each story there is an essay or piece of non-fiction in which Smith has spoken to another writer about how public libraries have impacted their lives and how the then-current attacks and waves of closures of public libraries across Great Britain was a loss to the public at large. We are seeing much of these vitriolic and closed-minded fights continue in 2023 across the United States, so those portions of the book hit just as closely to home for me now as they did for intended and original readers when this book first came out. The style of Smith's writing was so raw and convincing, I kept having to stop and remind myself that these were indeed short stories and that this book was housed in the fiction section of the library. Had I not been told otherwise, I easily could have believed that this was an essay collection instead. That's how grounded this whole book felt. One story that particularly struck me was The Art of Elsewhere, in which a person shares memories from a few past experiences to highlight how so often we are all longing to be somewhere else, to have something else, For the world we inhabit to be different somehow, even if the one we happen to be in at the moment is pretty good. It's about longing and freedom and art and expectations. I actually made a copy of it so I can reread it again and again. The story is powerful and short enough that I could read it every day over my breakfast if I wanted to, continually interacting with something meaningful and masterfully created from start to finish. I certainly can't say that with a novel i am so happy that ali smith has written so much and i'm eager to explore more of her collections in the future one of the reasons i believe that children's books have particularly staying power is nostalgia the stories shape us in our most formative years And so we come back to them and pass them down to the next generation, who passes it on, who passes it on. The Wishing Game by Meg Schaefer, which came out earlier in 2023 from Ballantine Books, honors this tradition and particular aspect of human nature. This book, I almost don't even know where to start because it's been a few weeks now since I finished it and I'm still in awe of it. They tell people to write the book that they wish existed, and it's like Meg Schaefer looked straight into my brain and crafted the perfect tale. The only way I can think to describe it right now is that this book defies being for any one particular age. The tone was deceptively children's book-like, but nothing about this was simple. But what is it about? Lucy has loved the Clock Island books since she was a child. They were a refuge since her young years, feeling very much like an outsider in her own family. She's even introduced the books to Christopher, a young boy she desperately wants to adopt. But just when life feels the bleakest for both of them, amazing news comes out. After years without a word, the reclusive author of the books, Jack Masterson, who lives on the real-life Clock Island, has written a single copy of a new book, and there will be a contest to win it. Could this finally be the miracle Lucy has been wishing for for her whole life? This book is being categorized by some sellers as women's fiction, and I could not disagree more with that. In fact, I have never really been able to wrap my head around what women's fiction even means because every definition I've imagined logically always ends up being insulting. But I digress. This book is clever. It is smart. There are riddles and puzzles and people with hopes and dreams and struggles. There is an amazing artist who acts one way but feels another. There is some swearing but it is so incredibly minor and I don't think it would even be enough to stop me from buying this book from my middle school library that I run. How often can you honestly say you've come across an adult book that will also have tween appeal and it's still appropriate for that audience? I already can't wait to reread this one, and I can imagine this being a world with characters and lush ideas that I want to revisit for years to come. So that's the story for now. I'm currently reading The Modern Girl's Guide to Magic, and until next time, happy reading.